0: Your biggest resource that you have within an organization is the human capital. And how do you get the most out of your human capital as you possibly can? Well, you do that through training and development.
1: Brian Willett believes that human capital is the greatest and most untapped resource available to companies, schools, and organizations. After spending 15 years working for and with some of the largest nonprofit college admissions and marketing teams, as well as some of the largest for-profit colleges and university marketing and admissions teams, he is now providing training and development resources to the same schools. He believes a product called the admissions advantage, which is a web-based course that he guarantees will make your admissions and financial planning teams better at their jobs in recruiting and retaining prospective students. So I would like to welcome Brian Willett to the show. We have a lot to go over, and I know Brian has a lot of content and value to bring the listeners of Reboot Higher Ed. So I wanna get right into it. Brian, tell the listeners how you got into higher ed, and let us know what that pathway's been like, and uh, welcome to the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, I always say, and I think a lot of us can say, that we all kind of land in higher education, at least in admissions, and probably from a staff position in higher ed, you know, kind of by accident. Uh, And so, the way I landed there was, You know, the institution, the university that I graduated from, I was working as a a manager somewhere else. And I just graduated there with my bachelor's degree and was working with uh, the career services office. And someone said, hey, you know, would you like to work with high school students uh, in admissions? And, uh, you know, at 24 years of age, I said, well, how much does it pay? Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yes. Yeah. And at the time, you know, it paid more than I was making and uh, seemed interesting, even though I was kind of worried to put my livelihood in the, the hands of a uh, of an 18-year-old making a decision on whether or not to go to our institution, but I did it anyway. And, um, you know, that started my higher education. I started working in admissions, working with high school students, uh, recruiting, enrolling, and retaining high school students um, with a large private. Uh, that owned multiple colleges, multiple brands. And um, and so then, you know, from then on, you know, I went back to school, got my master's degree and, you know, just made my climb, if you will, in admissions all the way up to, you know, what was called a system director of admissions where I was overseeing marketing and admissions for several campuses, um, you know, about 120 or so admissions personnel and uh, you know, just kind of, you know, always considered myself the person that was on in the day-to-day working with directors of admissions, admissions, uh, you know, representatives, counselors, and uh, helping them get better on the job every day. And so uh, that's that was kind of my trajectory. I kind of summed up, you know, about thirteen years in a matter of a minute and a half or so. There. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, that's uh, that's great, and you know in out of those 13 years, you're now you've now moved. I know you've moved more than just locations out of outside of, uh, Kentucky, but you've, you know, made some uh, changes and are partaking on a new journey in your life too. working in in higher education. Uh, uh, can you tell the listeners a little bit about what you're currently working with or working on, uh, some current projects and things that, um, I think that, uh, they would be able to take advantage of. Um, And and also, I know that you're on on another podcast, too. So uh, speak about that a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, you know, and Paul, we've talked about this, and, and you know that this is important. That's the reason why you do this podcast. But along my journey in higher education, you know, what I found was, especially in higher education, that, you know, everybody had degrees uh and and typically lots of them, several of them. You have several degrees, I have several degrees. Uh the people that we worked side by side with every single day had several degrees, you know, some of them all the way up to PhDs. And, you know, through my journey in, you know, higher education, working in admissions, what I found was that many people stopped going to school once they stopped going to school you know hmm. formal education and i became really passionate because after i finished my formal education i'm an mba a master's in business i got really passionate about further education I had a couple mentors come into my life um, and you know who they are uh you know people that i never met but people that i listened to that that talked about continued education, that personal education is more important than formal education. And so I became really passionate about that side more than I hate to say I was more passionate about continued education and self education than formal education. But, you know, here I am, I don't know, ten years removed from it at least. And I I would say I, I believe I am now and it's because so often many people you know, stop going to school once school ends, and I would not be where I am today if I would have stopped my continued education so and I was just blessed enough to be able to work uh, within an institution that had um, a training company that was part of it um, and I'll share it here del Carnegie training and I got exposed to del Carnegie training, which uh, allowed me to continue my self-education and that became more of a passion of mine than, than the formal education which led me into training and development where I was working with organizations and individuals and uh, it was really focused on skill development and goal-setting professional development taking control of your education and um You know, it's led me to where I am today where, you know, I'm working with schools, uh, colleges, universities, and I took my, you know, let's just say 13 years plus admissions experience where I've created an online course through an LMS, a learning management system, where I'm providing training uh, for admissions and financial planning or anybody who's dealing with recruiting on the front end of enrollment at colleges and universities. That's great. Uh, what,
1: what, what's the name of the, I know you have the Brian Willett group, uh, but is this, what's the name of the the current product that you're now like working with for yeah. the LMS?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, with, You know, the Brian Willett group really is, um, you know, all training. I do some sales coaching with sales individuals, leadership coaching, leadership training. Uh, But, you know, I made a decision probably about six months ago to, you know, say I need to get back in the higher education space. I believe there's a need more than ever to continue to help um, directors of admissions, VP of enrollment management, you name it provide skills skill training to their to their admissions teams uh so often you know the admissions teams at least some of the institutions i've been working with is you know you put them into a, a recruiter enrollment role and you know you provide some basic training but you know now more than ever it is so difficult to work in recruitment and admissions and 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 I say that because the current culture, uh, the current climate is all you hear is negative things about higher ed. Uh, It costs too much, student loan debt, is the value of the education, does it still exist? Do you really need it? You know, we got record unemployment. If you can, you know, fog a mirror, right? You can get a job and, you know, does everybody really need further education and all these things, right? And so... The admission staff today, they're dealing with multiple decision makers, wife, uh, husband, kids, um, you know, if it's a traditional student, you got two parents, girlfriend, boyfriend, grandparents. I mean, this goes on and on, and it's more difficult than ever before. And so, these admissions folks, these financial planning folks need these skills to be able to communicate the value proposition that higher ed provides. And so I created the admissions advantage program, uh, which, you know, says what exactly it is, you know, how do you get an advantage, an edge uh, when coming, when recruiting uh, students. And so we focus on skill development, language, uh, processes, uh, ways to handle hesitations, way to communicate a value proposition and ultimately, you know, help students make a decision you
1: know? Right. You know, um, you're very passionate about this and I can tell because you went from, you know, talking about yourself, you were probably like at a five and then you hit like a 15 just in the last (laughs) like four minutes. So you're, you're, it's, it's a good thing. You're back in higher education because you're right there. That training that you need is, uh, is on you know on the communication aspects and just the day-to-day. Uh, these people uh, spend, at the end of the day, uh, from our admissions counselors, advisors, financial aid staff, it can be exhausting. And, um, you know, you, you definitely have to regroup. And um, also you need to know that uh, you can definitely get better. Sometimes you're exhausted because you don't have any answers and you're hitting a wall a lot of the times. Um, there can be some reprieve from that if there was some coaching and i'm going to i'm going to get into a a a quote from you so this is a quote from Brian Willett. it's kind of funny that institutions of in higher education that provide knowledge information education degrees certificates etc are some of the same places that don't provide training education information and skill development that their employees need to be more successful so brian um First of all I, I'm gonna I would like to second what Brian uh, stated uh, in, a, in a blog that you can find uh, in at um, on Brian Willett uh, he you blog a lot uh, Brian so I definitely want people to check some of those things out because I think there's some great information for people that are uh, into uh, development and, and leadership but Brian what has been your uh, experience with the you know why why have many of the frustrations in enrollment office remain consistent over the years. You've named a couple. And on, on top of that, like what have we not figured out and what do we need to
0: begin changing? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this question, you know, in advance and, you know, I'm like, gosh, you know, how do you boil it down to what is it specifically and, you know, I think it really comes back to something very simple, Paul, you know, and that is we are all prisoners of the moment, right? I think it starts there. And what I mean by prison, yeah, prisoners of the moment is it goes back to our most precious commodity, which is time. And time is not infinite. It's finite. And, and we only have so much of it. And of the the missing piece, a lot of people understand how important time is, and they want to manage time or prioritize time. But the thing that they don't manage is their energy in that time, meaning I don't put my, when well, I'm at the highest energy, towards the right things at the right time. Right? For example, mm-hmm. the both of us, we run when? In the morning when our energy is at its highest. Because typically, I don't know about you, but I don't want to run at six o'clock at night. I'm, I'm done. I'm gassed. I don't have the energy. Yeah. It's, a, and, it's the
1: secret. It's the dirty secret. <laughs>
0: yeah. And so, you know, I made a decision a long time ago like you did that uh, my most precious thing that I have or that I want to maintain is my health. And if it is the most important above all things else, uh, then I need to put it first. And so when I, so going back to your question I think you know in admissions departments and schools in general you're just prisoners of the moment and you're so admissions managers and everybody's so focused on what's in front of them at the moment uh which is you know that student that problem um that current start that current uh you know CRM issue that current meeting that you know goes on and on and on that they never really plan for you know the future and they never make time for you know what i always say is those those planning those future activities that don't pay off today but they'll pay off later you know what i mean yes um and so we're prisoners of the moment and so where does all that begin well obviously it begins with leadership and so you know again we tie everything back to leadership and it's up to the leaders to to make sure that whatever's important stays important <laughs> right you know
1: and that's that that's a uh that's great that uh that you brought that up because that, that's, that's the role of the leader is you, know, you got to pop your head up from the trees, make sure that we're going the right direction from time to time because you can get so buried into day-to-day, which is very important. Obviously, you need to have goals. You need to have meetings. You need to do all the things that you need to do, but it's up to that leader to also make sure that, one, staff feels that it's okay to carve out that time because a lot of times people don't want to partake in activities outside of day to day because of other work that they feel might, they they might fall behind on. Um, and then all, also sometimes I, I think it's how it's delivered as far as communicated from leadership. It's not something that you have to do. It's something that you get to do, you know? Sure. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. The language there matters, you know, how you're saying something. <laughs> have to do or get to do is a totally different mindset difference.
1: What are some of the common approaches you see that lack sustainability? Like, Hey, we're going to do some training guys. Uh, you know, you get everybody together, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're, we're going to be doing some training and then, and we've just talked about this before, um, outside of the podcast and, and then what, you know, we did training on Tuesday and Wednesday. It was awesome. Um, then, Seventy-two hours later, we're 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 back to where we started.
0: Why yeah. why does that happen? Well, you know, it's funny that I, I had a conversation here recently, and and uh, I had an aha moment, and and uh, the reason I called it an aha, aha moment was. I don't know, sometimes we get so focused in the moment and the tunnel vision that we don't think about the bigger picture. And so I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who works in higher ed, and we were talking about training. And um, they asked me the question, they said, well, they're doing something for training. And I was like, well, what do you mean they're doing something? And he's like, well, they're, you know, they're maybe it's in their weekly meetings or something like that. And I was like, yeah, you know what, you're right. And so I started thinking about about that. I was like, well, you know, people are doing something, but they're doing it out of, they feel like they got to do something. And then what ends up happening is, you know, you put it in your weekly meeting, the training, and people don't show up, or, you know, you, it's just not a primary focus. And so, you know, you got to create an organization or a culture that's a learning culture. Um, you know, your biggest your biggest resource that you have within an organization is the human capital. And how do you get the most out of your human capital as you possibly can? Well, you do that through training and development. And so what i found is most organizations don't make it a priority. And if you don't make it a priority, then it, you know, it never gets done or when it, or when you feel like you have to check the box, you put it on the, the calendar and you check the box, which, you know leads me into exactly why i created the admissions advantage online course is it was really designed uh paul you know i've done so much training you know whether it was in you know corporate america with fortune 500 companies to admissions departments is you know you can do a two or three day live training which i think is still uh one of the most valuable ways to train but the challenge is, and this is what I tell organizations is, look, okay, well, you bought the training, but did you buy the follow-up? Because if you don't buy the follow-up training, don't buy the training. Because mm-hmm. if without follow-up, training is not going to stick. And so with the online course that I've created, it was really designed to be blended. So instead of me coming in to uh, training on – You know, next week for three days, what I do now is say, look, let's put you into the LMS, uh, the learning management system. So when I show up for those three days, we're not starting in the end zone. We're starting on the 20 or 30 yard line, right, to use a football reference. Right. And and we don't have to spend as much time on the content. We can focus more on the role playing, coaching, and skill development, which is really where – the the biggest opportunity the biggest growth opportunity really is that's how we get better is through that role playing and skill development and coaching and so you know then once i leave then you still have the learning management system the courses the reference back to and then you know you do coaching calls etc right to continue that reinforcement of the training that was learned and then but again, it has to be a priority of of the organization, and without that, without that commitment, you know it's hard to create the learning culture
1: that's uh you know you just get you just made me have a couple of aha moments of a lot of trainings, and I want to reiterate something that that you just said uh you you said it with more passion, I'm getting ready to say it, but if you're not gonna. <laughs> If you're not going to buy if you're not going to buy the follow up, don't worry about the training and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of training in higher ed. um, These are from past discussions and discussions I've had with others, too. Much of the training is focused on the uh, on how to be an admissions counselor as far as it's concerned with the curriculum and academic programs and how to how to speak about the programs. I don't want to go, I'm not going to get into the weeds on that, but I'll just put this out there and I'd like to hear your feedback. That Be that as it may, yes, it's very important um, in your job and you work at a university to know know everything there is to know about what you as a university have to offer. But day to day, what's going to make you successful is going to be some of these key concepts that are within the admissions advantage, uh, training, um, not just only to promote that. Let's say if you, let's say that you're not even doing the admissions advantage, you need to be doing some type of training and follow-up that has to do with, I don't know, Brian, what, what topics would you say just as far as like sales training, um, you know, that the admissions advantage offers, but that directors of admissions and uh, associate directors of admission need to be thinking about right now.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I think if if and I go back to the number one thing, um, Paul. For me is and, and you know I've studied being in organizational leadership. I I made it a point the last I don't know 15 years to study topics that I was interested in. So I would try to read and and research on certain topics as much as I possibly could and. And so one of the topics, obviously, is motivation that I've studied at, you know, at length. I don't know how many books I've read and, you know, been in many courses, met you know, I've been around people and, and, and all of those things. And so, you know, what what it really comes down to when it comes to human motivation is what really motivates us. And what motivates us, is, I always say, if you find me someone who's not motivated, I'll tell you that person doesn't, doesn't have any goals. Because goals keep us motivated. They keep us excited. And sure, goals on the job are important, and that's part of it. But more importantly are the goals that we have in our personal life. And when when we can set up our own personal goals and what we want to accomplish out of our life, what we want to get, where we want to go, what we want to see, what we want to have, whatever, then how does those... How does our job help us do those things and so that's where we can start creating motivation and, and sure, it has to be the right fit the company and all those things but um so creating these personal goals i mean you, you know you have a personal goal to, to run a, a marathon or a half marathon at a, at a certain pace and so guess what you get up every single day and you train right mm. and Uh, to accomplish that. It's the same way with uh, um, hitting our goals, that we can't, we would have already hit our goals if we were equipped to do so, if we already had the knowledge, if we already had the, the motivation, if we already had whatever, we would have already hit the goals, which we haven't. So it means we need something else added in to bridge that gap between where we are and where our goals are. And I don't know if I'm getting wonkish here with you or not, but, you know, I'm getting a little heavy. But, and so by setting these goals, it, it, you know, it, it gives us that motivation to go out and find the skills that will give us a competitive advantage on the job. And so what do admissions and directors of admissions and, you know, leaders within an organization need to do? Well, they need to help, A, people, first of all, figure out what it is that they want. You know, Mm -hmm. not everyone who shows up at your institution is going to be there and retire. But what do they want over the next three to four years, and how can this partnership between you, the staff, and this institution, that partnership, because it is a partnership, how can we align our mutually beneficial goals and help each other accomplish them? A, the school wanting more enrollments or whatever it is, whatever job it is, and then the individual. How can I move further along in what I want to achieve? You're right. Mm -hmm. And then what are those, what are those resources? Well, it's going to be continued skill development. Um, You know, we all need motivation every day. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I don't wake up motivated every single day. I need to, I always say I got to put some stuff in my head. I got to, you know, uh, my goals keep me motivated and that causes me to get up and move. But if I can get some outside help, it's beneficial, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So,
0: you know, you can listen to podcasts or or whatever, but, you know, which I think is important. But, you know, you got to think about the bigger picture and what are those goals you want to accomplish in your life? And then what are the the skills um, to get you there?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. You know, you can. I think you can tune into a lot of different things um, on, a, and they can be de- the medium can be, you know, audio, video, written. But um, you know, I'll i kind of bridge this into what you said about earlier about just an organization or the institution. It's the the culture is the that that's that's where everything's going to fall in, and and I think that's the culture of ourselves as people. Uh, and then also any organizations are, do, are, are we willing, willing's a big word, willing, um, and ready to accept some of these things, not as recommendations, but next steps like finite, like you're not where you need to be, or we're not where we need to be. We're not going to be seeing how things, you know, trying things on for size and seeing how they fit at some point, uh, ourselves or our our organizations we have to make the decision of simply just when are we actually moving forward with this so yeah
0: and and, you know the piggyback on that i just think you know that's the challenge because most it goes back to goals i hate to keep coming back to that but you know what happens is we compare ourselves to ourselves right and i don't and everyone says oh you can't get in a comparison trap well how else can you measure right how else can you know what you are truly capable of until you see that's why we love listening to inspiring stories because they help us say well gosh that's possible Um, and so whether you're an institution or an individual you have to look outside and say, "Okay, what are other people of the same nature as I am, whatever that means, that are are achieving more than I am?" Right? If it's Spalding University, or if it's my previous institutions, or if it's University of Louisville, or University of Kentucky, they're saying, "What are we capable of?" And what are other institutions are
1: doing?
0: Uh, and why can't we do it? Uh, and without that then how do you know what you're truly capable of? Because if not, you just become so insular and all you compare yourself is, you know, what did we do last year? Oh, we're a little bit better than than we were last year, right? I'm a little bit better. You know, I know this past weekend, you know, both of us were watching the Chicago Marathon. And we watched Sir Mo go out and run, you know, win the Chicago Marathon. And I don't know what his final time was. I think it was two hours and six minutes or something like that. And <laughs> which is just crazy. With a coach like,
1: that I can go faster.
0: <laughs> right. Right. And so, you know, let's just say that's the standard, right? That's the top of the food chain. Right. <laughs> right, Definitely. it is. That is mm-hmm. That's the top of the food chain. Okay. Well, if if I'm at a, a four four hours, okay, am, can I do better than that? Sure. You know, so what is it? And, you know, again, it all starts back from, you know, what are the goals I can set for myself, you know? And I, I've shared this to you, with you many a times, but, you know, my mentor said, you know, the United States, and I'm sure other countries fall into this category, but the United, you know, people are coming to the United States all the time. Why? Because it's a ladder of success. And the reason it's uh, and he uses the latter analogy because it makes so much sense because, you know, what's at the top of the ladder? Well, you know, in America, I don't know who the number one person was that made the most money last year. But let's just throw out. Um, let's just say it was uh, Tim Cook for Apple. Right. I mm-hmm. think Apple made like two hundred billion dollars a day. Okay. Well, Apple paid Tim Cook. I don't even know what his number was last year, but let's just say they Apple paid him a hundred million dollars last year. Well, that's a pretty. I mean, let's just say that's the top rung of the ladder. Okay. Well, at the bottom of the ladder is what? Well, it's minimum wage. I don't know what minimum wage is now, but let's just say it's seven fifty or ten bucks. So between ten bucks at the bottom of the ladder. And a hundred millions at the top of the ladder, there's a lot of room in between, <laughs> yeah, there is, yeah, definitely, and, and you know the the problem you know it's not real full at the top of the ladder, you know it's kinda of, you know it gets kind of bunched up at the bottom of the ladder, and so you know again, it goes back to you none of us, whether you're an individual or a company or whatever, you know you gotta set a site or set a goal on you know where you want to go and and that starts you know, the motivation, the drive and implementing the, the technology, the skills, the right people to get there.
1: Definitely. There's a lot of, there's, uh, those are some excellent points. Uh, And, you know, I I like that we've, you know, kind of gone in a, in a way we've we're, we're discussing becoming better at what we do and what many of you do that listen to this podcast, you work in higher ed. But not all the answers are going to be in, you know, just, you know, how do I become a better admissions counselor? Sometimes it's just how do I become a better professional? And then how do I seize the times that we're in? You know, Brian, there's, uh, I think you would agree, but we are in a fascinating time because there's a lot of access out there for us to, to seek coaching, to seek personal development on our own time, even in the palm of our hand. Uh, you know, that we can constantly be in tune with what's going on. And I think that individuals, I know that I've, curr- I've done this many times is, you know, you start to kind w- of you see yourself as a project, like an ongoing project. And, um, and then, then, you know, as you increase your network or have more opportunities, um, you're ready when those things come, um, you know, it becoming the ultimate professional. But so your, your uh, admissions advantage, of course it has sales training in there uh but sh- share with us a little bit about uh you know leadership development uh how how does how does admissions advantage speak to leadership development and coaching
0: yeah you know it you know obviously it's a product um really designed for that individual that is uh, you know, that is in the, you know, part of their job is coach or is, uh, recruiting, uh, new students or, you know, financial planning, you know, trying to get students in school to start overcoming, you know, hesitations and concerns and, and all of those things, asking questions, finding the right fit, all those things. Uh, but a leader, you know, needs to know that information as well. And, uh, and going back to an earlier question, I think, you know, that's the biggest one of the other challenges in leadership is, you know, leaders will say, well, that's for them, right? So often I'll conduct, lead, you know, training classes and the leader's not there. Well, that tells me everything I need to know about yeah. leadership, right? Right. You know, I'm buying the training for them as if they don't need it. And so, you know, my advice for, anybody any leader is first of all you you have to you have to do it too right right <laughs> and you have to be invested into it um and so the leadership coaching aspect we do have a leadership coaching program where it's 24 modules you know the way it's designed it's two modules a month and you know there's some follow-up calls uh throughout the month in there but it's you know holding leaders accountable to whatever the goals are of the organization or the school and the goals of you know of of leading their team um and so again you know going back to that leader you know what are their goals mm-hmm. uh, what is the, their motivation um why do they get up every day and do the job and you, you know, as my as uh, one of my favorite leadership mentors said, you know, the biggest challenge I have every day in leadership is leading myself first. You know, All because right. if I don't lead me, <laughs> then I definitely can't lead others. And, you know, let's just call it what it is. There's a lot of leaders in leadership positions that aren't very good at leading themselves.
1: Definitely. Um, I can, uh, you know, there's a... There's an opportunity out there for for many of us uh, as leaders to uh, enhance what we're currently doing. Uh, but I you know that sounds uh, I can definitely see that happening a lot. Um, and I'm not obviously at every university, but I have you know a, a pretty good network and talk to people and when there's training, a lot of times it's it's for them, and that's allowed. Uh, you know, it, it starts from the top, but it's allowed. Um, but I, I think also that goes back to an early point you brought up, uh, brought up, which is the, just the culture of where this training is going to go. And, um, sometimes it's more, it's bigger than just the admissions advantage. You know, can't even, it's, it's more of a, what's going on at the university right now, uh, you know, there, there's a you know, there's something I know that you have in the admissions advantage where we're working with admissions counselors on on speaking with students and a main and I'll let you kind of I'll just let you kind of elaborate on this. But one of the main uh, things that you need to do um, on the initial meeting with a student is figure out how they get to this point. Uh, you need to learn about them uh, so you can better assist them and allow them to grow, I think, as a. Uh, when we're looking at our, our current organizations, uh, we need to, we need to acknowledge, we don't need to stare at that past, but we definitely need to glare, glance at it and look at it objectively and say, how did I get to this point? And, or how did we get to that point? And then yeah. what's the next steps uh, to make
0: that change? Yeah. And I think, you know, again, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, people, you know, I don't know, I've I've heard people, you know, rip the you know, take the rear view mirror out of your car, right? So you never mm-hmm. look back. I don't know, you've you probably heard that. Yeah. But I think you know, I think you wanna, you know, tap, if you will, I like that term, tap the the the, the uh past enough, right? Um mm-hmm. so you don't duplicate it. I mean I think that's the value of mentorship and the value of coaching is um you know the purpose of that is so you don't continue to so you don't make, you know, mistakes that, that people have already made, right? That's why people write books. You know, here, don't do this.
1: Yeah, that's a good <laughs> but, point.
0: You know, I mean, it, let's just say, uh, you know, you know, the world was wiped away today, but there was one book left that said uh, smoking is the worst thing that anyone could ever do, right? And new people come and take over this planet, and all they got was that one book, right? Right. And then they would know. <laughs> then they could, you know, know that, you know, we probably shouldn't smoke. That's the one thing. And so, you know, that's why, you know, there's so much value in mentorship and things like that, because it helps move you along a little quicker.
1: Definitely. Brian, let me, um, before, uh, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask you about with goals. Um, there's two, two points to this. Uh, one goals, enrollment goals when you're looking at enrollment goals what are i'd like you to explain something about maybe some some common um maybe mistakes not mistakes but maybe short sight sometimes and when those goals how those goals are set and then and then as a person personal development what are some things that are forgotten about many times when we're setting goals for ourselves
0: yeah well i i think you know, the challenge with the personal goals is different than the ones with the the organizational goals or Definitely. enrollment goals for an institution. And the reason they're totally different is because um, the institution goals you never forget about, right? You're reminded of them daily. They're very quantifiable. Uh, they're numbers. Where our personal goals, we never write down. Most people never write them down they never are very specific they're just kind of random so they're two totally different issues but to go to the institution goals you know what you know i think right now um you know schools just you know are dealing with unrealistic goals in some cases at some institutions where um they're looking at the past and and they're saying we should still be able to do that and that's not always realistic, um, or if it is, they we we haven't changed our internal mechanisms, our internal processes enough to be able to get to those things. Because here's what I do know is um, there's you know the, the people saying you know the the definition of insanity right is keep doing if you keep doing the same things and expecting different results is insanity. Well, I say now you're going to go backwards, right? It's not insanity. It's just chaos. If you keep doing the same thing and you're expecting to get the same thing you've always gotten, you're not. And so if you don't make some changes to something, you're not even going to get what you used to get. And so an institution must change, you know, whatever internally to be able to achieve what they used to get. So if you're still doing the same thing you've always done, and expecting to get what you used to get you're not it's not reality in today's world there's too many options there's too many uh you know it's just it's, it's a different world now um so well so then, let me you know, stop
1: Dick, you real real quick so because i think you just made it i mean a real good point there and i hope listeners like so you're saying brian if you're gonna set a goal say you know your institution goal of increasing and you're going to base it off of obviously the the past years, What many of us would go to you, ha- it has to go further than just, uh, you know, increasing by X percentage. So within that percentage increase, there's, there's underlying things that need to happen or need to change to to, su- to actually support, you know, whether it's a 3% or 5% or 8% that if those don't happen, that won't ever that won't change because, you know, we're going to increase our marketing budget and we're going to put some more money into it. And our goal was, is, you know, we hit it this year. So next year it's going to be this. See what I'm saying there? Like, is that, am I, right? I don't think,
0: yeah, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's that, you know, that, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, but, um, you know, just because I increased by X amount doesn't mean I'm going to get that amount of increase. Uh, um, I just don't think that's, you know, marketing dollars, um, uh, you know, it, it works that way now. I think back in the day it used to, right. You do more right. billboards, you do more, you spend more, all those things. Um, but now I think it comes down to, and, and again, here's a little promotion for me, but that's why the skill development of your people are so important is because, you can increase your marketing budget, but if your people are the same, they're not going to get any more out of it. Right. Uh, because there's no guarantees you're going to get more leads or more impressions or whatever it is you're managing. Um, but, you know, it just goes back to personal goals, right? I mean, again, I'm not going to be able to accomplish something that I've never accomplished before or that I'm striving to accomplish again. Um, I can't accomplish something I've never accomplished before without changing something. That's just the bottom line. Right. You know, if, if, uh, if, if I've always weighed 200 pounds and I want to weigh 190 pounds, I got to change something, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to be able to, to make that, to make that change. So I either got to, you know, eat less, work out more or eat better, whatever it is.
1: No, definitely. Now that all makes sense. Um, and I appreciate your, your time today. Uh, I, I want to let everyone know, I will have, uh, uh, different methods of contacting Brian, um, on the, in the show notes and, uh, but, but Brian before, you know, before we end though, is are there any parting words you, you have for the listeners of reboot higher ed and then also if there's any additional ways you would prefer to be contact? Uh, let us know yeah no absolutely.
0: I guess my you know a final comment that I have is especially for higher education uh folks is you know there's some out there that have uh that are questioning the value of higher ed and you know whether or not it's 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 worth the money and you know I just want to remind everyone that you know without a doubt higher ed still pays uh no matter. You know which school you go to, how much you invest, whatever it is, still pays, and and people got to remind themselves of that every day, and the value that they bring to people looking at their institutions uh, is a lot of value. And if you're an admissions professional or a leader or you're an academic, it doesn't matter. You know, you just got to remember that. Now the challenges with that is don't become so arrogant to think that people can't do without you either. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, you got to have that humility there. So that's kind of my parting words. And, you know, I I will mention, uh, you know, we have uh, a podcast. Yours is obviously uh, pretty focused on uh, higher ed, just like the one that uh, I'm doing with a colleague of mine called the higher ed Parthenon show. And, We talk about similar things, but uh, they, you know, if your listeners get a chance, take a listen to ours as well.
1: Definitely, and I'll have a a link to their uh, podcast, uh, Higher Ed Parthenon, uh, in the show notes, and then also, uh, uh, Brian, people can probably connect with you on LinkedIn, on Twitter, uh, and then uh, what's what's your website?
0: Yeah, the. I'd say the best way uh, go to the admissionsadvantage dot net
1: okay Admissionsadvantage.net. and I'll have a link to to that as well on the show notes. So Brian, thank you so much for your time today. thanks for your leadership and that uh, you know you know just keep pushing and we're looking for future success and probably have you on at another time to to talk about. Um, all those universities and colleges that that have been uh, working with the admissions advantage and some of the results that they're getting. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Thank you, Paul. Keep doing what you're doing as well.
1: All right. Thanks a lot, Brian.
0: Thanks. Bye.
1: I hope today's content was valuable to you. If so, I'd like to ask you to leave me a review because with your review, I will be able to rank higher in iTunes and reach more people. The more people my podcast can reach, the more energy I will be able to devote to creating great content for you and for future subscribers of Reboot Higher Ed. Thanks for tuning in today and have a great rest of your week.